Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This is your favorite podcast featuring the open-minded musings of two mid to late 40s curmudgeons doing the thing they do, staring down the prospect of their entertainment irrelevance. Uh, Hello, greetings. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Noah Tarno, uh, talking to you straight from San Francisco, California. I am the founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. And uh, this episode and every episode, I am joined by my compatriots from across the sea. Uh, yes, uh, the Mariner from very far away in the North Sea. My name is Bill Scurry, and I'm the founder and proprietor of something, an object called American Caesar Enterprises. Noah, uh, which, by the way, I might add, is a uh, roadside alligator farm in southern Florida where for $20, oh. for $20 my oldest son, Zeb, performatively pries <laughs> open the jaws of a full-grown reptile and places his head in its mouth. <laughs> I think if, you're, if you have the name Zeb, there are very few jobs open to you, but alligator mouth head putter inner for money person is is on that list I or maybe imagine. maybe a, a senator around 1928 uh, yes could do yes it could yeah. be named zeb yeah it's short for zebediah right or zebulon is another biblical zebulon name. right okay the things you learn all right so uh today's a bit of an interesting topic i think uh, this was who who suggested this to you or did mr you nicholas nadell of the new york city nadells yes nick nadell friend of the show uh, good idea, Nick. So what we do on the show is we pick something that's kind of happening, presumably among the young people, whether it's children or young adults. And, you know, something that's hot right now, people are talking about. And uh, we kind of try to make sense of it. But this is, I don't think we've ever really done a topic like this. It's an aesthetic known as indie sleaze. And indie sleaze uh, the name comes from an Instagram account that's about a year old. But Mashable had the most uh, cogent, I thought, uh, definition for indie sleaze. They describe it as the style that typified the nightlife and next morning scene of the mid-late aughts and very early 2000s. So this is – today we're talking about nostalgia. We're talking about something that – is it hot now? Well, it was the thing back then. And I think, you know, Bill, before we got on the mic, you said, oh, if we had been doing the show 12 years ago, we'd have talked about it then. But I don't agree because I think it was just culture then. Like you couldn't define it in a way it's defined now. Uh, It's been wrapped up in this package of nostalgia and presented to us as a, you know, cogent thing. So if we're going to say it was like 06 to 12, it's a style kind of party scene back then. Uh, 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 typified by new rave music, um, some elements of indie rock, warehouse parties, people wearing American apparel style, MySpace. Remember MySpace, Bill? Yeah, I remember remember MySpace. I was there for that, Noah. MySpace. Uh, Just sort of an aesthetic of trying to look effortless. At the time, we described these people as hipsters, you know, kind of grew out of the Brooklyn trucker hat hipsters of the early 2000s. Now, I think hipster more applies to, like, people wearing, like, you know, riding penny farthings and curled up mustaches and stuff. Uh, It was an era of supposed decadence before the smartphone took over everything. And what happened was uh, on January 2021, a 31-year-old video editor from Toronto named Olivia V, she does not reveal her full last name, she started an Instagram account 
that she called indie sleaze. She was bored. She had been laid off from her job because of the pandemic. And she wanted to remember her party days of 08, 09, 10. And she coined the term indie sleaze, uh, taking a lyric from a song uh, by the muse of that era, Uffy. God, I hate Uffy. And the lyric goes, this little Uff is about to make your sleazy dreams come true. So she coined the term indie sleaze. That's the name of the Instagram account. And it's basically just photos from that era, whether photos she had or photos she found or photos people sent to her. It kind of went viral in October when uh, a TikTok video referencing it kind of went all over the place. And in the last month, month and a half, it's been the subject of many think pieces in Mashable, Harper's Bazaar, NME, uh, of course, Vice, the uh, Aesthetics Collective Consumer Aesthetics Research Institute. How about working for that as a job? Yeah, what, what's you that all that? about? C-A-R-R-I, yeah. Yeah, what a job, yeah. They now list indie sleaze as a distinct aesthetic. Uh, but, you know, there's <laughs> the Vice article kind of interesting because they, the title was, Does the Indie Sleaze Revival Exist in Real Life? An Investigation. And this writer, his name's Jake Denton. I had to wonder if he's like Nick Denton's nephew or something. Uh, because he basically goes out in London and he tries to see like, is this is there really a revival of the style? Are people dressing this way, living this way, bringing this way back post-pandemic? Or is this just think pieces and Instagram photos and, you know, nostalgia as opposed to people really living it? So, you know, it's a style, maybe, maybe not making a comeback, at least making a comeback in this little sector of the popular imagination. Hey, you know, Nick Nadell always got his finger on the pulse. Thank you, Nick. Um, so, you know, I have some thoughts on this. Again, it's an odd topic because we're talking about something old. We're talking about the revival of something old, but is it an actual revival or just people thinking about a revival? You know, we're doing a, we're talking about nostalgia or are we talking about a real thing? It's kind of like all wrapped up like a little wiener package and I'm having trouble really interpreting it. So, Bill, what do you think of, well, let's start with this. Let's start with, as always, what do you think? What do you think of this style and what do you think of the prospect of it coming back? And then that'll bleed into why we think it's coming back or not. Well, I'm glad that you uh, preface asking me uh, by saying little wiener package, because I think that's what people usually assume uh, when you mention my name. <laughs> well, I this brought me back to this idea of looking at Gawker when I was at my, you know, my newspaper job. If I was looking at Gawker, you know, what is it? The cascade form of the Gawker blog, which, you know, is a pretty that's what everyone It was two things. Gothamist and Gawker, if you lived in New York City. And, uh, you know, there were so many pictures. Uh, it was what the society page the old of, of old days that what who was that guy who worked in the New York Times? Bill um I can't Bill remember. Bill Scurry. Yeah, Bill Scurry, right. Yeah. No, there was a guy who worked who covered the society beat for the New York Times. It was this like sort of um it was the wasp gentry, it was the debutantes, it was the uh, idea that, you know, there was a, a social register, if you will, right? And uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Astor? I mean, I don't know who you're talking about. Bill Carter, I think is I no, that's the media guy. Anyway, that's not that's, that's, that's No, that's the that's the brother of Jimmy Carter. Yeah. It's true, actually. But uh, the idea that there was still this proscribed um, social list, not proscribed, that's not the word I'm looking for. The, there was this register of who was who yeah. was cool, who was where, where yeah. was it worth being. Yeah, there was a, that's what the social register was in like yeah. the 1920s or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, it, it went from just being, you know, the, the, this, you know, the families of a certain place and, you know, the kind of power that they held out of just heredity and money and whatnot 
to something more like Gatsby and something more that looked like Weimar Germany, uh, you know, where it was just debauched parties and basements and loft scenes in, in Brooklyn and New York and, and Dumbo and, and, you know, who could look more bloodshot? Who could have more cocaine eyes? Who could look thinner and more, you know, uh, wasterly? You know, who had combined the most ironic accessories and, you know, just, you know, peasant rags and clothing. And, you know, these were not poor people. These were people who had enough leisure money. to. Don't get me wrong. Not everybody who would, who goes to these raves and these, these clubs and whatnot were all, you know, but a lot of them were. If you're in New York City, there's a good chance that there was a lot of Trustafarians in the middle of all this, too. So I thought of this when we were looking at this contemporaneous during the Obama years, the Halcyon Obama years, it really did look like a Weimar Germany kind of thing. You know, this was, uh, uh, what is it, I Am a Camera by Christopher Isherwood, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's this picture of what it was like, and, you know, we didn't realize it was the end of a day. I don't want to get dramatic about what the end of the day was, if it was the end of the Obama era, the, you know, the beginning of the smartphone era, whatever it is they use to bracket the, the, the change from one thing to the next. Um, you know, but it's like I it was it was frustrating to see this veneration of these people who would walk around. And it's clearly that they were just young hipsters. They were they lived an empty lifestyle. And it was this celebration of just like when you watch, you know, when you'd see photography uh, of, of like Halston at Studio 54. You know, it's like, congratulations, there's Grace Jones playing in front of a bunch of coked out freaks. You know, it's like, is this a, is this a cultural moment? They're not adding anything. It's just like, you know, what you're doing but, is... But there's always business, man. You I talk, know. talk about it. Fucking parties at the Astor Mansion and then Studio 54 in the 70s. I mean, there was but probably with, like with, hipster stone, you know, with cavemen. Studio, right. Studio 54, though, it's like the idea we hadn't gawked at them. We hadn't gawked at the spectacle. It was performative partying. Oh, as that's if, not true, man. No, no. Well, we're... we're it's not true. Stuff, stuff at the Astor Mansion wasn't published for public consumption among the hoi polloi. It was designed, that was designed for people to share with each other in a certain sect. This is aspirational. Gawker would put these pictures up and that guy, Cobra Snake, you know, like this, I I kept coming across that guy's name over and over again. Cobra Snake was a, I I guess for lack of a better term, a society photographer. He would go out with, with an actual camera body, you know, and it was, the aesthetic was that heavily flash filled, um, you know, overly bright, flash-filled, uh, uh, the, the Terry Richardson look, where the whole picture was filled with this flash. With with, with the with the 21-year-old you tried to rape? Right, that's, exactly. That's the Terry Richardson look? Terry Richardson, who looked like he weighed about 110 pounds. The guy should... In, is he in jail? He should be in jail. I don't, I don't think he's in jail. He's a I, I fucking think monster. He got away with that shit. Continue. Anyway, yeah. I, it always struck me that, like, oh, this, this, is a, this is... I wasn't going to these parties, had no interest, wouldn't have been invited to them anyway. It just it just it just looked like it was people celebrating how awesome the cool kids are. You know, and uh, the, the stupid, the stupid ironic uh, accessories, the ironic clothing, the sort of like, you know, gigantic sunglasses on tiny little uh, Ezra Koenig kind of guys. And I'm like, I didn't give Oh, Dob, sh- you busted on Ezra Koenig. I'm using I'm just picking Dude, his that name guy out was a hat. nerd. That guy is a nerd. You went to my fucking nerd summer camp. Okay, Animal Collective. Ezra what do you want? Like, you know what An- I'm fine, about. Animal Collective. I'll buy. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, you know, I, I that's the feeling I had back then. And now it's like, you know, you, you start mentioning nostalgia. You start mentioning this woman, Olivia V, who I don't I don't think she was there the first time. I think maybe she was. She was. She was in Toronto. Reading. Yeah. She, she moved to Toronto in 08 to go to university, as they say in Canada. 
And she was part of that scene for a few years. Okay. So, you know, for her, it's definitely this, this retrospective thing. She put the name yeah. on it. Uh, but a, yeah. lot of the, a lot of the people who were in it now are subscribing to an aesthetic without, you know, they weren't there. They just sort of like this idea yeah. of like, oh, you know, what does it look like? It does look like the pictures of Studio 54. Or maybe people are, they do have this, you know, I, it's it's hard not to look at the Obama years as if they weren't Halcyon. They, you know, it was a yeah. decent. Well, a decent back. Right. It was a decent eight years. Right. Precisely. Yay. Before everything, gay before marriage everything to, and a president who has class and Republicans are idiots. And yeah. Yeah. Right. Everything seemed like it was, uh, you know, we, we, uh, take on the, we take on the world, you know. But uh, anyway, it, the thing is, is that um, th- th- this is what this is what I'll, I'll hand over to you, because honestly, I think this is just a Bill Scurryism, but I think nostalgia for something that hasn't had a chance to get old is really it's still warm. You know, like it barely got cold. Mm. And I hate that. I hate nostalgia anyway. I find it. I find it repellent. Remember what Tony Soprano said. What was the worst conversation? Was uh, remember when? Remember that, when? Right. Remember yeah. when is the lowest form of conversation. It's the lowest form yeah. of conversation. And it's like yeah. it, for the lack of, especially with how how bad culture is with recycling things instantly now, where we remake. You know, we're on we're on our, fo- our fourth Batman in, in in eight years or something like that. <laughs> You know, like things don't have a chance to get old before they're refeeding it back to you after you just got done eating the same thing. And, you know, people now, it's is it that they don't want new ideas? Is it they don't want new aesthetics? Or is it just uh, we're cannibalizing, you know, the snake that eats its own tail? We're cannibalizing the immediate past. So I think I think it's it's farcical that people are uh, nostalgic for something so recent. Uh, but that's again, that's a Bill Scurryism. I know that you, you know you don't have that necessarily. Yeah. You don't have that same holding point that I do. But no. I, I think that's no, ridiculous. I, I don't. I think you're really mean here. I think you're being very mean to these people. Possibly, I hated them then. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We just got through a pandemic. Capitalism is falling apart. The environment's falling apart. Democracy's falling apart. These people are facing the prospect of being in their 30s and they're not young and not as young and beautiful as they used to be. I mean, they don't know. They don't own you know, anything yeah. to be in my 30s. Right. They have no money. Right. Like if they want to call back to when they were in their 20s and life was a lot more effortless and everyone see, this is an aspect of it we haven't gotten into yet, but I'm going to get to a quote here in a minute. Um, uh, there's a quote. I think this is from Olivia. Uh, it was sort of like, you mentioned like this crux point where technology was going to take over in certain ways. And she wrote, I don't feel like there's as much of a party scene anymore. I mean, putting aside the pandemic. People are too conscious and self-aware. People are on dance floors, Snapchatting or TikToking, whereas we were just on dance floors dancing. It was an organic, free-spirited time of not caring, which I think people crave. I mean, I think that's seen through very nostalgic glasses, but I get her point. Like I got my first iPhone, I remember in two thousand nine, right? Yeah. Two thousand seven. I, I got I the I got the first one. Sucked into the screen there, right? Like, yeah. I mean, look. I I think if you were to really take a, a global view, you'd see we gain some things from being on the web, the web or whatever, social media twenty four seven. I don't know. I don't think on balance we gained more than we lost, but we've gained some things. I think young people see the world in a different way that's not necessarily completely hopeless. Um, all right, so let's step back. What do I think of this? I mean, this was not my scene. I'm too dorky in what I like for fun, you know, hence karaoke and all that. But I was, you know, we were we were kind of in this target age. I mean, 06 to 12, we were 31 to 37, right? So that's, you know, not too old. 
Uh, this was not my scene, but I was on the fringes of it, right? Uh, I was, first of all, I ran a nightlife event. I mean, people didn't think of it as nightlife, but in those days, every two weeks, I was doing the big quiz thing for the public in New York City. And I was trying to cultivate a little sceny scene. It didn't quite happen, but it did in certain ways. The same people come every two weeks. We got to know each other. We'd have a good time. You know, the party didn't continue after that. No one was doing cocaine. But, you know, occasionally people would people would meet and make friends and occasionally hook up and all that. So I had my own little nightlife scene, nothing like this. Also, my day job at the time is I worked at Time Out in New York Magazine, which covered, again, we didn't have a word for it. It was just culture. We covered the scene intently. All these bands and acts they talk about, even if I wasn't familiar with their music, I've heard every name. I mean, I hadn't some of these nightlife celebrities, influencers, we would call them now, I hadn't heard of. But I had a I had a clear view of this scene. And yes, this is all about nostalgia. Um, and I have nostalgia for this era. Again, I was in a different kind of scenes. I had my big quiz thing scene. Uh, from 08 to 10, I was dating Katie Venino, who I think sometimes listens to the show. And Katie introduced me to her world of interesting theater people. And that was a bit of a scene in a way. And I have a lot of nostalgia for that. Uh, and I'm prone to nostalgia. I know you're Mr. Anti-Nostalgia, but I am prone to it. So I'm sympathetic to these people. Also, well, yeah, I was kind of a, uh, like, turn my nose up at hipsters back then. Oh, they're so contrived. You know, they're so shallow, all that. But as I get older, I'm more sympathetic to that. I'm much less of a hipster hater because life is hard. And if you want to, you know, take refuge in something that's more or less harmless fun, who am I to complain? And again, the world sucks right now. And like you said, like there was a sense of optimism back then, you know, we're going to get decent leadership. Like we were able, there's a quote I'll get to later, but we were able to ignore like the capital. We, we didn't quite see that these were like the reckoning of capitalism, right? We didn't see that. That wasn't clear yet. We thought maybe we could, we could ride the, the wave and solve our problems without any sacrifice. And the, the double whammy of Trump and the pandemic, plus things like school shootings getting worse and environmental disasters getting worse, you know, make people realize that, like, you know, it's hard to have that feeling anymore. So if it, you know, even if it's just nostalgia, think pieces, I'm sympathetic to it. If it's people living this and go out and doing it, I'm even more sympathetic because after two years of being locked up, go out, have fun, you know, get drunk, fuck a stranger, you know, like just enjoy life because we're all going to be dead soon so like i don't know i think you're way too hard on these people i just and... see you know there's there's a pulchritude caste system just like there always has been but yeah, this was okay. only the most recent version all right. of that all right I, yes I, and and okay so you bring up a point there are issues with this scene and and that and this aesthetic that are to use a more modern term problematic right <laughs> yes okay uh, someone's quoted in articles in the Harper's Bazaar article saying it was very heteronormative at the time. This gay guy saying I'd go to parties and then I'd have to escape into my, you know, my gay spaces. After a while, it just got really tiring. I always felt like it fetishizes, I thought it fetishizes Asian women. Like, Uffy, half these female, like, singers with this flat intonation were, like, half Japanese for some reason. And I always thought, like, kind of fetishizes, like, you know, like, not black culture, but like the like the 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 quote unquote romance of like black criminals and like like again I keep going back to Uffy because I fucking hate her, but her song was called Pop the Glock. 
like shut the fuck up <laughs> and and everyone's skinny everyone's skinny and wayfish so like how did you feel if you're you know not skinny i mean speaking as someone who's painfully skinny i don't like the aesthetic either because i really hate it i mean it doesn't happen much anymore and people used to say to me like oh you're so lucky that you're like painfully skinny that doctors say you need to gain weight like shut the fuck up man like don't say i'm lucky for having a body that has issues like yes i know i don't suffer the the stigma that a lot of overweight people do but like screw you like whatever just don't talk about other people's bodies in that way but i don't know man nostalgia like we're all feeling nostalgic even so much of what drives the right-wing backlash is nostalgia i mean it's nostalgia for bullshit you know back when white guys ruled everything and life was leave it to beaver which never existed but it's still nostalgia because we all feel the pressure of of you know, a world reaching its reckoning. Some key characteristics from this trend were provocative advertisements, amateur style flash photography, opulent displays of clubbing, bonus points for watermarked photography. If you read Megan Fox's nonsensical Instagram caption, it reads like it was straight from a Tumblr quote. Also the rise in outdated technology. Back then it was typewriters and Polaroid. This time around it's wired headphones and phone cases that mimic outdated technology. Okay, Noah, let's get down to why this is popular at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we've already, we jumped the gun on this. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. The world's falling apart and we got to reach back. And, you know, these people who were these club kids and lived this life, they've reached that age where, you know, I'm imagining they're like Olivia V, they're entering their 30s. You know, maybe if they're lucky, they have a solid job and kids in a house. But, you know, then you still get nostalgic because you remember being young and free. Or you're in your 30s, you can't afford to have a kid. You can't afford to buy a house, right? You, you, because of the pandemic, you can't even leave the house to meet someone to date, right? Or you can date, but swiping apps have made dating a fucking nightmare. Take it from me. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to be alive these days. Uh, Harper's Bazaar, that article from Harper's Bazaar I sent you really, I thought was the most informative of all of these, and, and I'm going to quote from that article. Quote, but the allure also goes much further. Indy Sleaze serves as a somewhat painful reminder of the last gasp in a time, sorry, in time when it was, is that quote right? Of the last gasp in time when it was possible to envision a future unscathed by the ravages of late capitalism. And then a little later, it says, in a sense, Indie Sleaze is not about a desperate urge to party with pre-pandemic abandon, but nostalgia for a world in which you could still live cheaply on basically nothing. Now, again, I think a lot of this is seen through rose-colored glasses, but, you know, going to these warehouse parties where it costs $5 to get in and, you know, everything was just there for the taking, it felt like, if you were, you know, a, over a certain threshold of privilege. Um you know, I haven't brought it up, but I went to some warehouse parties in Brooklyn with our friend Sherry Smith. Uh, she was part of this arts collective in Brooklyn. While they weren't quite this scene, they weren't fancy enough for that, I went to these crazy parties where insane bands would be playing and there'd just be food all over the place and weird art, you know, installations. And I paid nothing to get into these things. I'd just take the subway 20 minutes to Brooklyn and there I'd be and I'd go to this party and I'd have the time of my life. And if I wanted to, you know, someone would pass me a joint. And if I had wanted Coke, it was probably there i never yeah. did you know no, like yeah, no doubt at all there was a sense of freedom and and especially now that we see like you did say this it was the end of something or the beginning of something not great so yeah like it was that crux point and you really 
I mean, I'm sure the people who are hiding from the Nazis during World War II, the nostalgia for the Weimar era must have been through the motherfucking roof. Yeah. They, if only we knew then, you know, we would have savored it more. We would have done something to keep it going longer. You know, I mean, I wonder how many of these people are like, damn, I should have voted in 16 for Clinton, you know? <laughs> maybe so. Maybe you're right. Maybe. But, maybe. but I, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. We kind of jumped the gun a little bit. So at the, at the risk of yeah. re- reiterating or iterating, no, depending on how you think about it, um, you know, there is always a segment of youth of the youth population, right? They want to walk around a club or a festival with, with, you know, bloodshot coke eyes, you know, while shooting the peace sign. That's some photographer like that Cobra State guy. Who's going to record a snapshot of, of evidence that you briefly counted among the cool kids? Yeah, you, know? you were there, and, and man. You were there wearing were the there. South Park onesie. God, Jesus Christ, it's so some of these women but, are really sexy. I got to. Of admit. course they are because they're thin and they're they're wayfish uh, and they they, they look. It's the right. That's the thing. You know, it is. Um, a visual handshake, right? That you needed to get yeah. into the party. Uh, like I said, I, I said the pulchritude cast system. There's definitely a bit of that. Uh, you know, this was a uniform. And again, what word would we have had to describe it other than hipster? No, I mean, we used it. Hipster was perfectly fine in 2008, 2009, 2010 to talk about it, you know. Um, you know, and, and I could think of, you know, the more I think about it, the bookmark, the sort of end of the party, you could almost point to 2012, Maybe in a way you would have known then, but you had two things that year: Trayvon Martin and you had Sandy Hook. Now, granted, yeah. that's not yeah. that's not it's not as simple as all that. However, it's undeniable that you know we were we were closing on you know on Obama too, and you know like, that was I mean that's not even late stage capitalism. That's just fucking American bullshit in both cases. You know that's just a horror story. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like. Did that end the party? No, I mean, of course, people dressed. They wore, you know, necktie headbands and skinny belts and, you know, <laughs> fucking boots and whatever else. That What do they call them? The shade, the plastic shade, uh, slatted shade sunglasses. The stupid- Yeah, I don't know what those are yeah, called. Yeah, anyway, but it's like. I, you know, I, I, I got to admit, there's something about those that does it for me. Yeah, I don't know. It's another story. But I mean, also, you know, like, so, you know, it's the uniform of, of the, you know, it's the sort of uniform of the, the cool kids. It's your Mentos commercial that you're living inside of. And and what Mentos commercial? And I'm just saying, it's like that's this you no, know the snack food of the master race, wrong. right? But yeah. then the the uh, there is this idea that it, people want more nostalgia. You know, people yeah have yeah. been trained. I would say at a, at a rapacious rate, unseen before in cultural history, where the you know the gap between what is brought out of the mothballs and the date it went in the mothballs is you know it's it's drawing shorter all the time. We're going to start it's, having nostalgia for things that haven't happened yet. Everyone remembers the the iconic photos of Taylor Swift uh, partying, Lindsay Lohan partying. So our our next question here usually is, would you have liked this if you were young now? But this is really odd this time because we're talking about a style that was big when we were young, or at least younger. So I guess more accurate is if you had been, I don't know, because it kind of applies to us, like... I can see the world in which I was at these parties. I mean, a lot of the sleazy men at these parties were 10 years older than us. Terry Richardson is 10 years older than us, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? God, by the way, the guys at these parties, you know what they look like to me? They So many of these photos, they look like they're gay, but they're not gay. They well, that just was, that act was the term gay. metrosexual. Remember that, so, that, that, that Right, invention? metrosexual. So they yeah. can pick up women. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I guess works on that, That's been investigated um, to death. You're right. There is something to that, but that's a, yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, if you were younger, if you weren't 
31 when this stuff kind of started, but 21, would you have been into it? And then would you have nostalgia for it now? So again, twisted like a little wiener package. What do you make of this question? You're really making me sensitive. By, by it's a very important, it's a very important metaphor. Very, very cogent. <laughs> very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very uh, trenchant metaphor. Uh, no, you know, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, it actually would have been quite the opposite. Simile. You know, like I would not, I would not have been into this as a kid. The thing is, it's like even by the time I'm 31 years old, I probably have more calm and more distance. And it's like now that I look at my notes, it does occur to me that I see a lot of the meanness you're talking about. But that's okay. I'm gonna lean into it. I really I, I don't give a fuck about that. But this this is this <laughs> is this looks now like going through that um I, I once had a um I worked for a newspaper one of my newspapers I worked for was out in the Hamptons of Long Island. It's called Dan's Papers. And one of the regular features every single week was a picture. The photographers would go out, much like, you know, it was a society page, except it was of the Hamptons. It was East Hampton, Bridge Hampton, South Hampton, uh, so on and so forth. And these were the, these were extremely, these were the plutocrats. These were the wealthy people, and these were the, mm-hmm. the Gatsby parties they had. And they put it in a newspaper for everyone to see, it was it was you know not what would you call it? It's conspicuous consumption, you know. It's, it's right. it, it was it was there to make you jealous, right? This was and I called it. It was in the yellow pages of hell, assuming that if the aliens <laughs> if the aliens wanted to come down, you'd point anyone who ever appeared in a single photo in that in that spread. You know they they deserve to get hauled off. It's fine. We wouldn't lose anything. They're probably terrible, horrible people who helicopter from New York out to the Hamptons every week. That was their thing. <laughs> but this this stuff this is this is a jerk off wear uniform, which signifies it then as it does now that they, that you are an ironic tool. You know you were picking up all these now, bits and pieces, confabulating a personal image, because you wanted to be counted. Among this kind, but that's of, culture. Uh, that's what people do, man. Uh, there, there's some things that are. In- this was not interesting. Maybe people do that, but this was this was for the one thing. This was just to get into a party. And again, you're going to talk about was I invited to the party when I was 21? No. Was right. I invited to the party when I was 21? No. I've I, never I, been invited to a party other than your party. See, there you go. It's all sour grapes for you. It's all Maybe sour so. grapes for you. Sure. Okay. All right, Aesop. Okay. Uh, so again, it's a complicated question. Would I have been into it? I mean. Again, I, I want to rephrase, like, I kind of was, just kind of, kind of, kind of. I mean, that, in some ways, those were the glory days for me. So I wasn't into I wasn't into that scene, but I was into a scene for that era. And I had enough of a view of that scene that seeing the photos reminds me of that era, right? Does that make sense? And I am someone who is prone to nostalgia, unlike you. You know, so if I had been of this scene then, this would be fucking killing me now. So it would stab me with icy, penetrating knives of nostalgic pain. Um, in your little wiener package. Other, like in my little wiener package, twisted little wiener package. So, yeah. Um, now, we're kind of avoiding a topic I brought up at the beginning, which is, um, is, uh, is, is this actually happening as a comeback or is it just, you know, a bunch of people posting photos on the internet and talking about it you know this article in vice like is there an actual comeback so i mean i'm of the opinion that probably not as much as the think pieces would have you believe so even more so because i'm i'm kind of like the guy who's like remember stuff and wallows and stuff without actually going out and doing it so i can imagine if i were 35 now and i had been really part of the scene back when i was you know 23 or whatever um i would be talking about it and posting photos and looking at old photos and you know maybe emailing people I hadn't talked to in a thousand years about it but I wouldn't be going back to that many parties maybe the odd party especially now that like most people I kind of want to get out a little more 
Um, so yeah, like I would be into this. I totally I believe am it. Into I this. completely believe it. Yeah. I think people who were, you know, really into indie sleaze later on became hipsters. Noah, sign of the apocalypse. Yay or nay? No, not at all. Dude, nostalgia's part of life. I know you hate it, but everything comes back. And yes, things are coming back way more quickly. You know, we had 15 Spider-Man reboots in two years. But that is just the nature of culture now. Things move so much more quickly. You know what? Just on that note, something that drove me nuts. I saw this a few months ago. There was, I don't even remember who it was, but there's some kerfuffle about some, oh, they're accusing so-and-so of so-and-so. And there was a headline, so-and-so breaks his silence about whatever. And it was literally like less than 24 hours after the issue yes. broke. Yeah. And they said he yeah. breaks his silence. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so everything comes back. Nostalgia is human nature, especially in our culture. It's going to come back quickly. I mean, what do we do when it comes back before it goes away? I don't know. Like, I don't know. But I, I just worry about so many other things first. And yeah, the problematic aspects of it are, they're there, but maybe easy for me to say. I just don't think that they, remembering this era and remembering the debauchery of this era, especially since, like I said, I think it's just looking at photos and talking about it, not actually like reviving it. I think it's so low on the list of things that are corrosive to our culture right now. I just can't get worked up by this shit. The, the continual dissolving of the of the language and the concepts of words in battery acid is will never not be uh triggering to me because you know okay when you start but is this really is this really a bad example of that see that's no, what no, i don't um, no, the nostalgia part the fact that this is this is like you know it, it, somebody took something out of their hands to turns around and gives it right back to you it's like oh my god i love this you know, I never had a chance to miss it because it never went away. You know, it's like, uh, uh, aren't you, aren't you nostalgic for uh, something that happened two months ago? Boy, Spider Man, uh, No Way Home. Boy, I'm really nostalgic for that, for God's sake. But pe- people who are walking around zonked at at, at, a, at a rave or a concert, or doing lines of coke off of toilet tanks, partying in, in cramped bars. That, I mean, that doesn't sound like a healthy reaction to the multiple crises we're facing at the moment. But I understand what you're saying in terms of. You can't look at the horror the entire time. Your face will fall off. I get it. Um, this is not necessarily how I would respond to horror, but I, I, I see that some people give into hedonism and there is a debauchery that you engage in. Again, it's tied to class in a lot of cases, which is its, its own. That's its own snake bite too. But again, uh, things that could be, you know, you, you talk about nostalgia being part of the human impulse and you know part of our American middle class, the leisure class, the invention of all that stuff. Nostalgia has always been a part of it. The thing is it becomes weaponized by corporate interests. I think in some ways there's a natural curve of nostalgia which happened organically that unfortunately ran out about 25 years ago. Most trends of nostalgia have been brought out mercenary, you know, in a mercenary impulse by Disney, by yes. Spotify, by uh, you know whomever else that stands to to gain uh, from the commoditization of things over and over again, you know. As a side note, yep. as a side tangent, you know, there's this really uh, well-intended and, and reasoned argument against Disney more so than there's you know like there's always been one. But the thing is, Disney has um, people are really being aware of the fact that Disney has turned themselves into your childhood. They own yep. they own your That's childhood. That's been bothering me for years. Yeah. That they have redefined themselves as American childhood. That yes. drives me nuts. Yeah. Are they going to buy the rights to Mother Goose? Are they going to buy the rights to the concept of, the, of an imaginary friend? I really worry <laughs> about that. I'm no, serious, true. motherfucker. And I mean, 
So the thing you is, know, is more like, or less, Disney Disney makes sure that you are constantly breathing the same uh, ba- paper bag of air over and over again. You can't get away from the Lion King. You can't get away from Dumbo. You know, any of these things are sold back to you. The minute they start to cool off, they remake it again to give you the same thing you just already had. So there's 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 not going to be a plurality of ideas. Now again, this is not Disney, but it's the impulse, the corporate cynical impulse to keep selling to you the same thing you've already had over and over again, and to convince you that's what you want in everything. That new newness isn't necessary anymore, especially in big pop culture ideas. You know, like I'm not saying we don't. We 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 actually the truth is in feature film we don't have big ideas. We don't have new ideas anymore. No. And feature film is a very American art form. We did we did a thing with it. We we certainly put our stamp on it. It's been and it, you know we, that's one of our gigantic exports: film, music, and TV. And to a certain degree, some of those things are really suffering from, a, you know, like a, what, what would you call it, hermeneutic, uh, hermetic mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's like, um, th- the fact is that I'm not going to blame this. This is nostalgia by, seems fairly organic. But it's like, in a lot of cases, the nostalgia comes back inorganically, cynically. Indie sleaze. <laughs> kind of an off-putting name to give your own style. It's like calling your restaurant Ray's Disgusting Sandwiches. Are you jealous? of memories of indie sleaze. Are you jealous of the nostalgia? Are you jealous of the long-ago vibe aesthetic, official aesthetic of indie sleaze? I am deeply, deeply resentful and jealous. Of course you are, but you you have to admit that the grapes are delicious. They are. You just lied about them being sour. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they can, they can be. I can have both at the same time, but it's like you know, the cool kids, man, the cool kids. Cool kids. Don't get me wrong, they had it all. Everybody, they had it all. I'm trying to think. Was there? You know, usually they tell you the bully always thought that he was bullied. That the cool kids thought they were the outsider. Look, I understand that. That's that that societal trend that you know. It, it's always from a distance. You never understood that you were part of something or that, you know, uh, yeah. you, right? And it's like, but in this case, the cool kids know who they are because it's a uniform. Like, it's obvious that there are some kids who are the cool kids because they, you know, they they had something uh, individual about themselves. And they didn't give a shit about pandering or whether they were followed. And there was a kind of cool there. But then this other cool here, you know, this this ridiculous cool that this looks like. Uh, is the perfect package of everything that was designed to make me feel bad about myself for how not cool I was. The fact that I read comic books my entire life, the fact that I collected toys my entire life, that I didn't play sports, that women weren't interested in me, that I was on the outside of fogging up a window with my breath. And this this is, you know, this is, it's, it was still possible to do this to me in my 30s to say, we're just rubbing it in the face, in your face, all the places you can't go, all these loft parties that you don't even know where they take place. Much as if you did, there's no way in fuck hell that you'd be welcome inside of it. So, oh, you would have been welcome. You would have been ignored once you were there. <laughs> I could get that. I could get that at home if I see, want that. That's see. That's why these things actually were better and freer than something like Studio Fifty Four, like that era, or Mrs. Astor. Right? Talk about not being let inside. Oh yeah. No. Like Mrs. Astor, you had to show. Your freaking, you know, seven generations of where you come from to get in. Studio 54, the hot shit doorman, whoever his name was, he was a celebrity. He had to think you, you know, he had to know who you were or like your outfit. These parties, no one gave a shit. They would have ignored you. I mean, the parties I went to that were like this, I was ignored for the most part. But, you know, it's, I mean, the parties I went to were a little more actual, like I said, Brooklyn artist freak kind of scene. So I fit in a little better there. Yeah, you would have been able to get in. 
would you have been jealous? Uh, yeah. I, here's the thing. I wasn't jealous of it back then, you know, because I like I sort of have my own scenes. I mean, for part of that, I mean, I think back to 08 to 10 and those are kind of glory days for me because I was dating Katie and, you know, we made a great couple and it's testament to that because we're still good friends. But, you know, I, I had stuff going on. I mean, in the time I was depressed about certain things, but I had things happening in my life, right? I had a fun, exciting girlfriend. I was meeting cool people. I was, you know, my, my creative thing felt like it had legs and potential. So yeah. Um, I guess I get a little jealous now, but that's sort of for me at the root of nostalgia because maybe I feel like I didn't take advantage of that time. And I wasn't young and cool. And by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this here, but the, the Spotify playlist that's linked from the Instagram account, the Indie Sleeves Instagram account, I don't know if Olivia V created it. It's huge. It's really great. It's got a lot of that electro kind of stuff that I vaguely remember, but it also has a lot of, I guess you'd call them indie rock bands of the time. And I love a lot of these bands. You trash on Ezra Koenig, but that first Vampire Weekend album is fucking great. Block Party, Phoenix... Uh, I like a lot of these bands a lot, and I guess I'm jealous that I didn't see these bands play all the time. I didn't go to as much live music as I really wanted to. And now, you know, these bands are, if they're even still playing, they're not as good as they used to be. Um, so, yeah, I'm jealous that I look at this and they seem to have take, you know, gotten more out of being young than I am. Or maybe I just think about young people now and how they're young and freer than I am. And I'm old and every part of my body hurts. But then you step back and you're like, look, I'm sure the people who are in these photos and are in their 30s now, they probably are jealous of me. They're like, shit, back then I should have, you know, built something so that I'm not still homeless at 35 or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, not homeless, yeah. but living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, depending on mommy and daddy or, or whatever. Like, I'm sure, I mean, this is the problem with social media, man. What's the metaphor I love? Um, don't compare your behind the scenes footage to other people's highlight reels. Yeah. It just... It looks like everyone's living the life and then you think about all your problems and you're like, I suck. It's just, it's so corrosive. Let's uh, get out of this thing, Noah, by ranking <laughs> it. You know, we, yes. yeah, let's just pull the, pull the cord. Let's jettison ourselves. Yeah. Base yeah. jump off of our, our uh, yes. Felonian scale. The, the, scale X, the XYZ take, axis of everything that is take, unholy take, in the world. Right. Take off the chunky sunglasses, put on the, the, the $60 American apparel t-shirt that has, you know, three <laughs> grains of fiber in it, uh, snort the line of Coke off the bar at the basement party where Grimes is playing. Uh, yeah. Um, so here's, I, I was reminded the last time we really looked at a Instagram account was uh, Dumois. Remember Dumois? Yeah, sure. And Dumois is just, you know, we talked about gossip. It's just basically a modern gossip account. And I really didn't like Dumois. I just I don't have a big problem with this. So I said Dumois times negative one. So whatever the distance of Dumois was below zero, which is pretty fucking low, above zero. Now, I don't think this is that good. So then you subtract the element that I actually find is kind of good and creative. And I was reminded of Coachella because this overlapped a lot with Coachella. So yeah, yeah. here's and how I Ironic it. Indian headdresses too. Well, it's one example, yeah, but let's not, it's one thing, right? Dumois times negative one minus Coachella, you get indie sleaze. Okay. 
But yeah, I mean, you, you can't argue with that. That is lock solid, airtight, you, watertight. You, lock. you can argue with that. You can argue. <laughs> I, I write this. I think I, I really did not like this because it just brought up, it brought up all these feelings of, of being you know othered and outsidered yeah, and all this exactly, bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. Why was so, I reading GI Joe comics when I could have been out you know banging ninety two pound women? Yeah. Oh, they're gonna say ninety two year old women. That's or ninety two year old women. That yeah. you really want to be a hipster. Yeah, they yeah. definitely and they weigh ninety two pounds homes. too. Yeah. Uh, you know, believe it or not, we actually, I'm back, this isn't what I'm ranking it, but you know, the last aesthetic we did was Visco Girls, and I got, kept playing yes, in my mind a little bit. remember that. Yeah, remember yeah, that. Save I, the turtles. Are we, uh, are we, are we nostalgic for Visco Girls already, Noah? Are we bringing that around? <laughs> that came and went so fast that... Yeah. I, but here's the thing, like, this, I'm sure whatever, there's going to be nostalgia for some era... Right, just pre-pandemic, right? There's going to be nostalgia for like 2018, 2019, and it's going to encompass a lot of things, including Visco Girls. That'll be a smaller... So yes, there will be nostalgia as part of a bigger thing. So, you know, but actually to put on the ranking, I really... uh, It reminded me of Post Malone, which I thought was a... a, Ah. Post Malone was a simulacra. It was a facsimile of something else. I thought it was like the diet version... It, as if, as if he's not a guy. You're no, just talking about the concept of Post Malone. It's a construct. Yeah, yeah Gary Post Malone. Uh, but yeah, so that it really, I, I walked away from that thinking I don't ever need to see this guy again for all the same reasons. You know, the fact that he just looked like a retread of things. His body was quite literally a tapestry of which uh, old cliches were played out. He himself was living nostalgia for something that either did or did not exist. And so, you know, with any luck, we're not going to have a Post Malone redo issue uh, episode because, you know, he, he comes back around again. But um, he's still only 26. See, this is the problem. Jesus. We're getting Didn't older. Didn't we talk about him like 10 years ago? Oh, at least. It might have been It might have been 11 years ago we talked about it. <laughs> I don't get it. Richard Dreyfus. It's going to come up soon. Believe uh, it. Sh- <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, uh, anyway, so yeah. Uh, so next episode, we're going to talk about uh, nostalgia for Indie Sleeves Nostalgia. We're going to talk about the comeback of <laughs> of uh, the, the everyone everyone has nostalgia for early 2022 think pieces. So that that's the whatever that'll be called. Indie sleaze, indie indie sleaze sleaze. All right, everybody, go back in time if you will, and uh, you know through the magic of back episodes, you can see what we talked about in the show. Three hundred episodes in. Uh, find our shows on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at No and Bill Show. Write to us No and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Give us a review. We are still waiting. Uh, people haven't really. The last review we got was uh, 2021. So it's it's. it's oh been, come on. We're in a drought here. It's been a long time, about a year or so. Uh, anyway, yeah. Give, go on Apple Podcasts. Give us that review because I think that's where it does the best work for us. Uh, I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/AMCaesar. And now here, uh, the other guy. He doesn't. He says stuff. Uh, yes, uh, I do. And all about back in the indie sleaze days and still today, the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. Uh, we no longer do the hippest uh, public uh, trivia event in New York City on a bi-weekly basis in a uh, burlesque bar, but we do present the finest in corporate and private live trivia events nationwide and beyond, in person and virtual. And if you are with me in the Bay Area, we do have a big public event coming up uh, March 4th, Friday night at Manny's Community Space in the Mission. Great venue. I'm going to be hosting a fantabulous music trivia game show event. And uh, we might even include some of these acts on this Indie Slee Spotify list. I like a lot of these bands, Bill. I'm going to listen to this a lot. I believe it. That's that's your metier. Uh, I understand. Yeah. So go to BigQuizThing.com. Learn all about it. Thank you. All right, everybody. Until the next nostalgia-packed episode of this here program, we we don't don't get get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.